Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sam and Chance. I am your host, Bobby Sampson, and joined with me, as always, is the man with the master plan, old smiling blue eyes himself, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, how are you, man? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Doing great, man. Before we start everything, I just want to shout out to uh, All-Star Wrestling Crew. Amazing show this past Saturday. I... I I've been posting about it. We've been posting about it. We've been talking about it. We've been telling people to go. If you guys missed it, you missed a cracker of a show. Uh, standing room only, Chance. Yeah, I heard about that. That's good. Yeah, it was uh, unfortunately. What stood out for you about the show? What were some of the best matches? You know what? I mean, the whole card was really cool. Uh, watching the Bollywood Boys, um, former WWE, current AEW stars. Um Being there on the card, being really up close to them and kind of watching them work and, you know, just seeing where they've come from from 2010 the first time that i watched them to actually watching them up close again and just to see how far they developed and you know evolved as characters and their moves and just their body movements you know um it was really that was really fun to watch um watching the thunder from jalunder man that guy is all expressions that's what i'm going to say about him he's just he sells the expression he's a great entertainer so and for a guy that came really he probably i don't think he started training for what he's in his late 30s early 40s so he's late to the business but for coming so late he sure knows how to entertain like you said yeah no yeah he has yeah, a crowd eating that. no 100 percent. he has a crowd eating out of his hand it just his facial expression his you know he's he's got that charismatic side that i found that just phenomenal mm-hmm. uh he was matched up against a great friend of ours Scotty Mack, who was a surprise on the card. No one knew he was going to be there that night. And I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I've now been able to watch Scotty work consistently for the last couple of months. Um, I'll say this, and not because he's our friend or not, but I, on the indie scene, I don't think there's anyone better than him. No, there terms, is. He's the best. In terms and let's of, not forget, he's early... 40s and he still looks like he could be late 20s with his body and stuff so he puts no, a lot of he, work into his craft 100 you know and I, I, I you know I, people would be remiss not to really pay attention to him just mm-hmm. just uh, it, it's not about moves it's um, that's you know that's just part of it when i say he's the best going on the indie scene here in the pacific northwest anyways let's be fair um i'm sure there's other guys out there that can match him i haven't seen them yet Nobody sells as good as Scotty, though. Scotty sells like nobody's business, right? And again, last night I had a front row seat to the front row seat. I was able to, you know, be ringside uh, the whole night, you know, um, you know, just following them around. Uh, I got the honor of uh, filming uh, some segments and and some clips for them, so that allowed me to get really close up to to what was going on and. You know what? Shout out to to the team there for for giving me that opportunity. Um, but watching Scotty work sounds like ASW's got their new cameraman here. Well, I don't know if they do or not. I mean, I would love to continue that role if if, if it's uh, provided. You know, I thought it was amazing. Um, I'll be honest; it was a hard thing to do, considering it was the only camera on the floor. Um, it, it's at that point you're using your instincts. You know, whatever you you got as a wrestling fan, okay, where's this match going? Where's this match, you know, where's this move going to land sort of a deal? It, it's really hard to do, Chance. I mean, I... I, I never done it. 
I like to call myself an accomplished wrestling fan, but instinctually it took a little time to warm up and get used to the whole concept of what it was. Yeah. Um, you know, just walking around with the camera initially, I was kind of tentative. Okay, I don't want to piss off any of the crowd. I don't want to do that. But then as I gradually got into it, it got better and better, I feel. I don't think it's great. I think I can do much better. I think the product I produce could be better going forward. But I did, you know, say there, there's some, um, there were some, uh, what do you call it? Some ideas that I threw out to the team afterwards in, in terms of going forward, like maybe having a hard camp somewhere, maybe having a couple purchase set up that you could work from. Now, is this going on YouTube or? Um, I don't know. I don't know how they're doing it. They probably just chop it up. I just gave them the card at the end of the show. Gotcha. Uh, like a true artist, I always come prepared with all my gear. So I had my camera and everything in my bag with me. So, you know, having all the stuff there ready to go provided me the opportunity. So, again, shout out to the team at All Star Wrestling. An amazing show. You guys good thing that you it. did or they never would have been filmed. So, good for you. Well, like I said, I don't know how good it is. I don't know if they can use it. I hope it's good. I haven't seen any of it. Um, so, from that perspective, I don't know. We'll see. Right? Yeah. But their next show, November 19th at the Sullivan Hall Sullivan Hall in Surrey. Guys, I'm telling you, if, if this is just the first show of the season, it's only going to get better. And I highly recommend everyone making your way out there. Uh, Bollywood Boys will be there again. So if you missed them in Vancouver, here's an opportunity to see them up on close and personal. And you know what the best part is? You know, this is what I love about indie shows. The performers come out during the intermission to meet and greet and, you know, yeah, sell their merch. And here's an opportunity to get a picture with former WWE stars. Where, How often do you get that opportunity? Yeah, it's great for the kids. Like even last time when I brought my kid, he got a picture with Randy and a couple of those guys. So it's, yeah. That's. Yo, you froze there, brother. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I froze there. But yeah, so speaking of indie shows, while we're on that topic, we got another show coming up this Saturday. Yeah, we got Love Country coming up this uh, Saturday evening in Langley. Um, I don't know what the card is, to be fair, but I highly recommend to check it out. Uh, Love Country Wrestling, I believe they're on Facebook. I believe they are on Facebook. I know that for sure. So It's a cool that. venue. It's a barn. When people think of a barn, you think of, hey, but it's actually like a barn with nice floors and ceilings, and they got a concession. People get married in there and have anniversary parties. So this is not no... You're, this ain't your grandpa's barn, just put it that way. No, and speaking of that barn, the day after, we have the premiere of the movie Death Rumble starring Scotty Mack and other performers as well. Um, this is a film done by a friend of ours, by Rusty Nixon. He's got a couple films out there. Candyland is one of them. I highly recommend you guys check out Rusty's work. This is an amazing yeah. film, Chance. I was privileged enough to uh, watch it once already. Now, where can we watch this on Sunday? Is that the theater? What theater? Is so it's gonna it's gonna be at the real theater. It's um it's being held as part of a festival. It's called uh I don't know what the festival is called. This is really bad okay. of it, but, but we all can go out say, and watch it. Yeah, you check it out, check out uh, go to the real real theater website to check it out. Um check out Rusty Nixon on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just punch up his name. He'll come up. You'll get all the details there as well. Uh, I can tell you there's going to be a Q&A with, with all the wrestlers involved in this. So a quick That's synopsis cool. of the film. Uh, imagine 
a traveling indie show and they're going town to town and basically their car breaks down and some people help them. They bring them back to their little town. Unbeknown to these people are quite savage. So it's like a wrestling horror comedy. Yeah, sounds interesting. I've seen the clips of it. It looks good. Yeah, it looks really, really good. So guys, I highly recommend it. This weekend, you know what? The weather's going to start to get a little crappier. It's going to get a little colder. Come check out the movie on Sunday and come check out Love Country on Saturday night. You will not be disappointed. It's going to be a great, great weekend of events. That all being said, my friend, let's get into it. Monday Night Raw, we're getting close to Crown Jewel. And this is the second week in a row that Raw's opened up with right into a segment. Like, you know, it's kind of like, I like that feel, that that feel of realism, like, oh shit, this stuff's already started before the cameras even rolled. Uh, Bobby Lashley was out in the ring. And he's calling out Brock Lesnar saying, come out here, boy, let's do this. He comes out and you know what? They, they tangle, man. But unfortunately, Brock got the worst of this interaction. Yeah, he did. That was a good segment, man. I mean, anytime you get those two big guys going at it, it's money. I mean, yeah. Uh, what did Les Lashley spit him through the through the barricade there? Picked yeah, him up, threw him on the t- announce table. Was yeah, good, yeah, probably then, my favorite part of Raw, actually. Yeah, then he picked him up a second time. Then finally got him through the table. So I mean, uh, I, I love this because I think it's really cool that they're actually building it this time, opposed to just throwing it together in three weeks. You know, there wasn't yeah, much you know, there. Like the Crown Jewel shows always the big boys are on them. Like you get Goldberg and Lesnar. I think the whoever's putting that together requests certain wrestlers. Well, the prince in charge in Saudi Arabia, who's who's putting all this together, he likes the big guys. Yeah. And he likes the old names. And, uh, you know, if, if he had his way, I'm sure he'd have Kevin Nash and all those guys on there. But um, I've always found it interesting that they they love Goldberg so much there, considering... He's you know, huge over there. Yeah, but it's just, it's just culturally, he's, culturally, his people aren't accepted by their... By I don't know a lot of people realize that he's <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. That's the funny part. Like, just seeing a bunch of Arabs shouting Goldberg, it just, it seems not right. Yeah. <laughs> out of place. People forget how exciting and how explosive Goldberg was in the late 90s. He was a huge, huge star. So, well, I mean, he got his, he had his three or four moves. That was about it. And, you know, I, I think I remember very vividly when he had to fight Steven Regal, he got exposed hard, man. He did. He did, but like he wasn't there to be a technical wrestler like Steve, and he's there to sell sell the tickets and do a quick match, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So basically, that's how Raw opens up, Chancellor, and then from there we go into our first match, which is the returning OC, the Good Brothers. I love those guys, man. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are back with um, with uh, AJ Styles. The OC is back, man. They, those guys haven't been around since WrestleMania when Undertaker and uh, AJ fought. I'll be honest, man, and I know my kid loves these guys. I don't care for these guys. Never did. I wasn't sad to see them go. I mean, they're okay, but I don't think they're anything special, personally, in my opinion. I know people are going to get pissed off at that, but that's just what I think. I'll say this much, man. Luke Gallows. Big um, boy. I'll give him that. But the one thing that people said about Luke Gallows in particular was that when he got released, um, that was a huge blow to the locker room morale because he was kind of one of those general guys. Like he he was, you know, he just, the upbeat energy. So yeah, I maybe. think, you know, so for, no, not maybe, it's a fact. I well, mean, maybe, maybe, but I'm just talking as watching it as a fan. I don't know what goes on backstage, but I'm saying it's yeah. something that talk and stuff. Like his backstage segment I thought was not very good. I just yeah. thought something about the guy. Like he's big, 
Yeah. I like that about him, but just don't see the appeal of OC for myself. Fair enough, man. They each of their own. Yeah. Uh, that's the beauty of the Sap and Chance show. Sap never mm-hmm. agrees with Chance, and Chance never agrees with me. So that's the beauty of us. Um, mm-hmm. They fought one of my favorite teams, um, the Alpha Academy. Uh, I love those guys. Uh, those guys are fun. So much fun. Basically, they lost. They won. Mm-hmm. Get this OC over, basically, just to show they still can compete with any tag team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, they got it. So, you know, um, but sure enough, Judgment Day shows up. And uh, I guess Ray's not, this is how they separated them, eh? So Ray has now on SmackDown. Yeah, they did the trade of Happy Corbin. Yeah. Interesting, eh? Well, wait till we get to the Happy Corbin. I got an interesting take on that. We get to that part. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, yeah. So the OC comes out and they kind of go back and forth, drawing each other. And at the end of it, it turns out we're going to have a match. Dominic versus AJ later on in the show. Because Dominic needed an hour to get ready. The one thing that I take away from Dominic Mysterio's gear these days is when I look at it, the back of it has a DM on it. It reminds me so much of Depeche Mode. Yeah, yeah, I can see. I never thought yeah. of that, but yeah. The, the lettering and everything is just so Depeche Mode, um, you know, 1995-96 version. I think the Depeche Mode has probably got more build than Dominic because, man, is he a skinny guy. Holy cow. I really noticed that in that suit yesterday. Dom? Yeah. Well, he's young. I'm sure he has to fill out a bit more, but I mean, he's come a long what, way. 25, 26 now? It's got to be somewhere there, 24, 25, somewhere like that. Um, but yeah, we'll get to Dominic in a minute here. So so basically after that, we get Seth Rollins coming out, and he's looking all glitzy and glam in his red suit. You know, he's happy. He's a clam. He's the U.S. champion. In essence, I guess you can call that the heavyweight title of Raw right now. Yep. Okay, right. Great. So, I mean, he's at the top of the mountain. He's talking all his talk. Ali comes out. And I like what they're doing with Ali here, trying to show him that he's worked. You know, he really wants that opportunity. He tells Seth that Bobby Lashley had promised him the next opportunity. And um, this is where Seth was amazing. Seth is such a good promo. You know, you, even I started to believe he's like, you know, you, I've always respected you. I've always liked you. I've always, bam. Right in the kisser. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and, you know, he kind of beat him down and kind of played him down like that. So that was kind of a cool segment. Before we go to commercial, we see JBL's limo coming back, man. I haven't seen that Texas Longhorn limo in a long time. So it's kind of cool <laughs> to see that. Damage Control via versus um, Candice LeRae and Bianca Belair. That was kind of uh, your typical match back and forth, you know, not much to really get into, but they get the pin on the Ray to kind of make up for the loss that they had last week. Um, decent match. I think everyone worked really well. I mean, it's pretty cool. One of the interesting things on that was um, Bailey was on commentary. And the one thing that I kind of picked out, they asked her, why are you so mad at Candice LeRae? And, uh, you know, her response was basically, oh, you know, we've known each other for so long. She couldn't even text me that she was coming back. You know, I, I like what Bailey's doing, but I almost feel that they, they can do more with her. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do with her, but I don't know. Like after this, I mean, unless she, if she doesn't win the title, where does she go? Put over to SmackDown. Seems like I think this trend that they're doing this trade stuff, you're going to see a lot more of that moving around a little bit. Well, they got to figure something out because Charlotte's due back soon as well. Yeah, that's but, true. But you probably keep Charlotte on, on SmackDown. 
right? And uh, I want to mention something about SmackDown here a little bit later. Anyways, JBL comes out and, you know, he, he's all awesome and everything at first. And then he gets going, man. He, I forgot how good of a heel he was, man. Yeah, he's a good heel. And his promo was amazing. You talking about the one backstage? No, 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 no. The one that he did in the ring. Oh, when he came out there and introduced yeah, his Yeah, yeah, yeah. His interesting uses. He talked I about... I have to say something. That is one of the ugliest gear I've ever seen in wrestling. That Corbin's outfit looked like the inside of a grandma's purse. That is absolutely horrible. I don't know. I love JBL and his work, but why does he doesn't need to be? With, he doesn't need to be with Corbin. I mean, they've switched Corbin's character around so much. Like I just feel like it's never going to come together. Now, first of all, he was a giant. Then he was a goofy guy. Then he was sad Corbin. Now he's with JBL. Like I feel bad for the guy because he's a legit athlete. He's a big guy, but like that outfit has gone awful. You know what? I'll say this, man, about, about Corbin, okay? I agree with everything that you said, but that shows me the company has faith in him and they feel that they can get that right formula because nine times out of ten, so. they'll, they'll give up on a guy after three tries, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This guy's going on his fifth opportunity, but the thing is, when he's in the ring, he's really good. Oh, he's an awesome wrestler. He's I really a like great him. worker. Favorites. And I yeah. think that's what's helping him along the way. This might be the character for him. Because, I mean, if you think about it, besides the lone wolf character that he had, mm -hmm. I can't see any other, like, you know, sad Corbin, happy Corbin. Those are just kind of, how long can they last? I characters? thought him and Madcap had great chemistry doing that silly stuff. They should have kept that going, I thought. But, but because he's such a good in-ring performer, mm -hmm. you, you can only be goofy for so long. Yeah, being that big, yeah. Right. Um, because he's got the physique, it's it's believable that he can be beaten. And he's a golden gloves boxer. He's well, that's the thing. Too. It's believable that he can be beaten. Yeah. But it's also believable that he can hold the title for a long period of time. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately, Chad Gable, who's an amazing wrestler, he's just you know let's call it the way I'm going to call it the way I see it. He's just too small. He's too small. Yeah. Right. He's too small. Yeah. Um, the only small guy to really get the rub and the push is one Rey Mysterio Jr. Very rare. You know what's going to happen here? Eventually, you're going to see Corbin and JBL have a match. And JBL's one last match, and they're going to go at it, and Corbin will crush him. Something like that will happen. Well, probably. I mean, you know, technically, they say Corbin's I'm glad guy. JBL's back, but I really enjoy the guy, so I'm happy about that. Well, look, I mean, this is the thing he said, man. I mean, just some of the things he said were just, you know, things that people may think about, but you haven't really ever heard in WWE, right? I've never heard anyone ever say these things, like, the entire roster would be just enhancement talent or guys sitting in the crowd if this was the Attitude Era. That was my favorite part of the best comment of Raw. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I love that. Right? Like those kind of comments and his delivery, his cadence, and it would, looks like the whole wrestling God thing he does, like just the way he talked about Texas against Oklahoma City, just that you're like, oh, wow. This is great. I missed him on commentary. He was great at it too, but no, no, he was great. And he was on commentary too, kept calling uh Kevin Patrick Shamrock. I mean, yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah. To think about a time we live in today where you can't say this and you can't do that. That guy broke all the rules in, in his know. right. And I loved it. I thought it was Me absolutely too. awesome and refreshing. Corbin goes up against Ziggler because JBL said we wanted top level competition, former world champion, king of the, or whatever he's won, money in the bank. Um, you know, good match, solid yeah. match. Yeah. Um, obviously, Corbin gets the win. I, I get it. You have to kind of sell him a little bit here now. 
But all in all, I'll say it was really good, man. Um, yeah, JBL back, and I'm a big fan of Corbin. So hopefully he starts to get up the ranks a little bit. Man, he's got to change that outfit. That is god awful. Well, I mean, like Grandma's purse from 1983 in that outfit. That's horrible stuff. The thing he's is, wearing. I think he's still transitioning the character because he's yeah. still coming out to happy Corbin music. Yeah. Right. So I think that has to change as well. And I think eventually, like you said, you'll start to see the evolution of the character. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're still kind of three quarters happy Corbin and one quarter whatever this new character is going to actually be. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if he's going to be anything like JBL, then he's start, probably start wearing suits and he'll probably start wearing a cowboy hat, maybe. Possible. Maybe. Yeah, they might go that route. But maybe not. Maybe he'll be a fresher version of it. Well, right? look at look what happened to Evolution. Triple H, Orton, and Batista never wore suits. So they joined up with Flair. They're all rocking suits. So I could see what you're saying on that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it could be something like that. Or, you know what? Look was really good on him when he had the jeans and the half the half vest like you know like just the vest and the white yeah. shirt you could even go back to that and that would totally fit this role i think yeah he could go that kind of like biker look that he has he rides harley's in real life so i could see that yeah you could do something like that but i think it, yeah so you know just a jazzed up new modern version of a jbl type of character pretty much we'll um so after that we go backstage and miz is screaming bloody murder his knee my knee ali and um and uh, what's his face um Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano are backstage and, you know, they're telling him, yeah, we'll get you help, we'll get you help. And uh, he's coming up later on to fight Dexter Loomis. Dexter wins, he gets a contract. If he loses, then I guess no contract. I don't know. But yeah, I guess assume so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where are we here? So, yeah, we, we get back into it. There's a little segment there with... Um, Omos and MVP talking about Braun Strowman. Now, are these guys like going to move? I enjoyed that. Yeah, are these guys going to move over to SmackDown? Do you think? Because they're right, technically raw right now. I'm not sure what they're going to do with them, but anytime you can get a couple, like a giant like Omos, he's an attraction. So I'm not yeah. sure he's going to go. But are they? They're probably going to have a match at Crown Jewel. It seems. Yeah, I think so because it's going to happen down there, right? Well, who would you put over Omos or Braun? Where he ended in a disqualification or something like that. I'm, I'm going to say if, if someone's going to win, it's going to be Braun. He seems that way. He's hot well, right now. He just came back, right? I'm going to say it's going to be Braun only for the fact that it seems to me because Triple H brought him back. Could be, yeah. Right? And Omos has kind of been there, and that was kind of Vince's project almost to a certain extent. You yeah. know? So you would almost think that, oh, Triple H is going to put over his guy over that guy. Speaking right. of Triple H, I would love to be a fly on the wall at that Thanksgiving dinner with Vinny and Triple H and stuff. And you hear what they're really saying. That'd be, that'd be an interesting, uh, interesting Thanksgiving. You know what? I'm sure it'll be just fine. I, I remember reading an article here um, that you mentioned this. Um, Triple H had said, you know, this is what Vince told Triple H. It's your show now. You, yeah, no, I heard. That. Right? Yeah, you book it and all that. So I don't think there's going to be any hostilities. Isn't man. it funny though? It's Triple H is creative, but Vince is still owns eighty percent of the company. What a weird dynamic. Eighty percent shareholder. Man. I think one day he's going to pull the rug out and sell his shares off. When I don't know, but one day he will. Well, if he does, he does, man. Until then, I'm going to enjoy the ride. Yeah, it's not bad. He's doing all right. Triple H isn't doing that bad. I think he oh. gets a lot more hate than he deserves. 
thank you, man. I appreciate that. I mean, I've been saying that for a while. If, if you um, read online, and, and I'm not talking about Triple H the wrestler, like he's obviously top 15, you know, maybe top 10 all the time. But people are always say this about him. He joined up the cliff to get power, right? I'm not saying he did. I'm just telling you what they say. And then all of a sudden, he marries the boss's daughter. And then all of a sudden now, Vinny stepped down on his own. Triple H had nothing to do with Vinny stepping down. Vinny could have step, stayed on, but he stepped down best of business. And now he's running creative. So people see him as nothing but a brown noser, nothing but a kiss butt to get power. I'm not saying he is. That's what you hear a lot of hate about. Him and John Cena are probably the two most hated guys that I've ever, just reading the comments and hearing people talk about it, right? You know what? I'm not saying they deserve no, that. No, they don't. And they and don't. Here. They don't. I mean, at the end of the day, you got a guy in John Cena, Okay. And you've seen this yourself, my man. You've seen it yeah, twice dude, now. Amazing. You've seen yep. it twice now, right? Mm -hmm. At big yep. events that he's not even at. I know. It's and insane. his merch is outselling everybody's. Monday Night Raw and Edmonton, he was the number one selling shirt. This is a guy in John Cena who's not a second-gen wrestler. Nope. He doesn't have any. He had no affiliation to anybody coming into the business. Yeah. It's a guy who worked his ass off, you know? To get yeah. where he is, to, to, to become the guy that he become. Now, here's the one thing I will say. He came at a time when they went back to PG. Yeah. Right? Would he have been the face that runs the place if they didn't go to PG? I don't think so. I don't think. Probably not. He came, I don't at, the right think he came at the right time. And what makes him stand apart from Hogan even in, in my opinion, his longevity. He kept that role. He kept that standard for 10 plus years, even to now. One can argue that he's still the face that runs the place, even though he hasn't been there, just based on mercy. He's still got a few more matches left in him. Right? He does. But, I mean, he just, you know, who did I, what was I watching? They were talking about the Mount Rushmore of, like, okay, let's take the WWE, okay? The WWE yeah. or the WWF, WWF, WWE kind of a deal. Mm -hmm. And who, who were the goats of those eras? So, for example, one could say that Bruno Sammartino was the goat of WWF. Yeah, when Benny Sr. was running it. Exactly, yeah. right? Obviously, the goat of WWF would be? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Not even the, close, yeah. Right, right. The GOAT of WWE, though. Stone Cold or John Cena? But see, here's the thing. Stone Cold was also in WWF. Yeah, that's so here, true, So here's what I'm going to say. You, you you, said Hogan was, was the GOAT of WWF? Yeah. I'll say Stone Cold was the GOAT of WWF. Because he came at a time when the company was almost bankrupt. Yeah. He came at a time and he changed the dynamic of everything. He became the anti-hero that everyone liked. Yeah, right? no, he had a huge run. Yeah, he did. No, not even that. But that's the funny part. He didn't. He was only on top for two to three years. He had a short run, yeah. Right? But in those two to three years that he had his run, he was fucking king. But Hogan packed more But Hogan, right. He did, but it according just, to our boy Vance, Hogan is the sixth best drawing superstar in Canada. Well, well of course, huh? of course he is, man, because he was an attraction. How often did he come? I mean, I remember going to see him fight Big John Studd at BC Place. 
Yeah, I've seen that one too. Right? I mean, how often did Hogan ever come here? Or anywhere in Canada for that matter? Maybe Cops Coliseum in Hamilton. He probably hit Toronto and Cops Coliseum more than any other spot in Canada. Not the West Coast very often in Canada, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though he was from Venice, California. Like, exactly. Um, but the goat of all goats of WWE would have to be Cena. Yeah, I think so. Just his longevity, just the whole thing, just his run. Unless you could say Undertaker, maybe. Undertaker was a different mystique, though. Yeah, I know what you he, mean. Right? I mean, he wasn't the face. Like, Cena was the number one merch pusher. I mean, at, you know. The guy's got the world record on most wishes granted for Make-A-Wish. Yeah, and he's an all-around great guy, too. You don't hear him about crashing his car and doing crazy, beating his wife or whatever, you know? He's a pretty no, good guy. He, him, and the, him and The Rock are the same, in essence, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, their feud was very real. It was almost a shoot feud when they had their WrestleMania stuff. Uh, it wasn't until Cena went into the world of The Rock that he started to discover why he is what he is why he didn't come back for so long and all that because he's basically become the same kind of individual himself here's a question for you who do you like like who do you like better rock or john cena just for wrestling like movies aside but see both guys only had four to five moves so i mean there's not really much but i mean like promo skills everything looks everything cena yeah me too i think he was sharper i think it was more realistic it was more believable um more tongue in cheek i think the rock was great but oh yeah he's the, no, the, taking nothing away from him no he's no amazing. no the rock was great what made the rock really cool was the fact that he did everything in the third person mm-hmm. um you know but he was catchphrase heavy yeah right where cena could freestyle on the mic on a promo yeah, and make it, yeah like you know so yeah I'm, that's where i kind of go with that um, should we get back to Raw? Finish it up. <laughs> All right, let's finish it up here, man. AJ Styles versus Dominic Mysterio. Um, basically, it's what I thought. It would be a lot of interference from 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 one um, Rhea Ripley. You know, the OC had the other two lads covered up, but Rhea was in there constantly putting her two cents in and you know jumping up on the apron and. This leads me to believe that the OC will get a woman member pretty soon. Yeah, because AJ was tempted to hit her. He's like, I'd like to knock you out. And then, then he kind of backed off yeah. from it. So. Yeah, yeah. So Dominic wins. Dominic wins. Yay, Dominic. Woo-hoo. But I get it. <laughs> they they want to have fun with it, you know. Uh, and it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt um, AJ at all. No, at all. No, but it's not a big deal. Right? So it's kind of cool what they're trying to do with him and whatnot. And, um. You know, Dominic looks kind of good, but I love... Let's talk about this now. So, Friday Night SmackDown. uh, Ray goes over to SmackDown to talk to Triple H to say, look, I'm done. I can't fight my son. I quit. I'm sorry. Uh, Ray, Triple H says, hey, won't you come into my office? Let's talk. And um, later that night, Ray comes out in a fatal four-way, was it? Yeah. Yeah. In a fatal four-way, and he wins. And now he is the number one contender for the Intercontinental title going up against Gunter next week. So they moved Ray off of Raw. And now we see how they can extend the storyline. Yeah, what do you think they're going to do? Have Dominic and Germany come over to SmackDown and chase him around or what? No, no. I don't think anything happens now till Royal Rumble. Or maybe Survivor Series. First Survivor Series, then Royal Rumble. Think so? You can have two interactions there and there. 
And then you'll see the story amp up after the Royal Rumble. Yeah, no, you could be right. Right? So the, it's great. Great thinking. I didn't think about it myself. I, you know, we, we kept thinking, okay, how are they going to play this? How are they going to keep this going till Mania? Well, here you go. That's the beauty of having two brands. Exactly. Yeah, I know it's fine. I hope I hope he needs Gunter for the Intercontinental belt. I don't think he will, but we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, Gunter's kind of holding it pretty tight right now, too, and he's had phenomenal matches. Every match that he's defended that title, he looks to me like the guy who should be winning the match. Yeah. I love that hard yeah, style. I like that. I like that hard style, right? And, you know, it's guys nice, like nice him, they really bring it down hard. All right. So we go backstage and they show the Miz again. And uh, Johnny Gargano is standing at the doorway and says, oh, look out, it's Dexter. That causes the Miz to jump up and his knee's okay. So we're going into that match. Next, Dexter's coming out. I can't, I don't know where I was at the time, but all I remember was seeing Miz come. I thought Miz came out first. Did, then, yeah. Okay, so I guess somehow he got behind Dexter and he started beating him with a chair, basically knocking him out with the chair. And that was basically the end of the match. Interesting storyline developing here because Johnny Gargano is talking to him saying, look, you can end this all by just telling the truth. And Miz is playing it down like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. <laughs> so it's an interesting story here. Like, why is Dexter Loomis so enamored by the Miz or why is he so into getting him and what have you? So it's cool. I like what they're trying to do here. They're developing a story. Should be interesting to see. I what just don't like how they're making Miz like a scaredy cat of Dex because Dexter is not an imposing figure. Like he looks creepy, a guy you'd see in a push, but he's not a physical specimen, not much bigger than Miz. And they're making Miz being really scared, which I don't like. If, I don't like that. If, if there's anyone who could have done it like that, it would have been him to pull that character off. To no, pull I know. That I kind know. Of role what off. I'm saying is like, he's doing a great job. And what I'm saying is Dex was not a big guy. Miz is not a big guy, about the same size. And they're making Miz seem so scared and, and so babyish and so weak. I just don't get it. Like I could see him as like a guy like Baron Corbin, Undertaker, but not somebody like like Dexter. It's, it's not what I'm saying is I don't believe Dexter as that kind of character. It doesn't seem like he's a scary tough guy at all. Seems like a weirdo to me. But that's exactly what he is. He's a weirdo. No, I know, but like a creepy weirdo, not like a guy you'd be scared about. Just like some goof in the park. Like oh, you're a clown. Like not like a big Undertaker or somebody that. Oh man, this guy's actually scary. Yeah. Just, don't like it. First, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, fair enough, huh? Fair enough. Um, all right. So basically, uh, guess who guess who's back in town? It's Elias, my friend. Elias is back and he's out in the ring and he's got his keyboard, a couple of guitars set up, and he talks about, you know, how his brother's career was unfortunately cut short, and he's back because you know the show must continue. And uh basically, as he's about to start his song. Matt Riddle comes out with his bongo drums. Manning asks him yeah, if he wants good. to hit one, take a hit off his bong. And, um, you know, they have a good little laugh. He gets down. He's about to start playing the bongos. He's typing up the keyboard. Everything's beautiful. Sounds really good, actually. And yeah, then, well, that's a good segment. And then my man's music hits and Seth is out. And we go straight into the U.S. title match, Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Uh, he tries to get the triangle right off the bat. You know, it's kind of good. These guys work really well together. I'll give them credit. They have, good chemistry. They have great chemistry. Good back and forth in this match. Um, you know, everything is going the way it's supposed to go here. And basically, match comes to an end when Seth Rollins um, gets a stomp on him and wins the match. And that's basically it. 
at the end of the match, though, that's where the fun starts. He, uh, you know, is belit- you know, about to do a bit more damage on Matt here, but out comes Ali. I don't know if he's making the save or he's just trying to build his name. I don't know why. And, and then why are they picking Mustafa? I'll just give Mustafa Ali a chance. I don't know why him. Um, because because it's he's different. from NXT, I guess he's one of their boys. But I just I didn't like that. Like I don't mind him as a worker, but to me, he's mid card at best. Well, here's the thing, man. I think everyone's a mid card wrestler until they're given an opportunity, right? Uh, he he's a guy. I, have you looked at what he's been posting on Twitter as well? Some of the uh, yeah, so he's kind of reinventing himself. He's trying to come out as this guy who's really pushing for it. Let's give it a chance, right? Like, I mean, at no, I, day, I agree. You get a chance, but how many chances has he already had? So but he's been he hasn't. Two years now, right? But he hasn't had many chances, though. You know, every time he got an opportunity, unfortunately, injuries kind of got him. You know, like that whole kid, that whole Kofi Mania thing, only happened because he got the chance that Mustafa was supposed to have. Yeah. Right. So I mean. Here's the other thing, man. How many times are you going to see Seth fight the same guys and get into the same storylines? Like, no, I'm glad Seth and right? Riddle's moving on, but I just don't yeah. think I just don't think I'll use the guy for that spot. I just who is put him there myself on, on huh? the raw on the raw roster right now? Who should be the number one contender to to him now? Who should Seth be going into a storyline? I'd rather see him go against Austin Theory. I'd rather see him even go against Chad Gable, who's got more entertaining entertainment value and a better worker, I think, than Ali. Um, Faces though, man. Minutes, few, there's about four or five guys I took over Ali. Okay, okay. Well, like I said, I mean, and where's Austin Theory? Did he even come out on Raw? They're very like, where is this guy? He hasn't been on Raw. He didn't come on Raw this week, and neither was Kevin Owens for that matter. So neither one of them was there. So, um, I don't know what's going on with Theory. To be honest, I don't know. I guess he's Vince's boy, and he Triple H's boy, and he's finding out what it's like. I guess pretty much. Well, I mean, he was working down with Triple H at NXT, and they did great stuff down there. So I don't think that's the issue. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't want to. Well, I'm not saying it. that Triple H dislikes him, but maybe he doesn't see him quite the same like Vince does. Everybody's going to see different things different ways, right? Well, maybe be- the other piece is you're you're just kind of building him up as well. I mean, yeah. if if they have big plans for this character, if they have big plans for him down the road, you know, you don't want to saturate him too much either. I think the one thing that Triple H learned from the Vince era, from, from all of it, is that you can't shove shit down people's throat. But he's doing the same thing, though. He's giving it, he's putting all the all those NXT guys out there down people's throat. No, so I, don't, th- I don't agree with that, man, because, I mean, the roster before he took over was 90% all NXT guys anyways and girls. You got to put people out on the show, right? Yeah, but most of the no, time... I know, but he's, he's putting... Yeah, he's, right, everybody right. has to put their guys, right? Right, right. But if you look at all the top names that are currently in the promotion right now, the guys that everyone loved, the Seth Rollins, et cetera, et cetera, down the line, mm-hmm. they're all NXT guys. So, I mean, if no, you no, look... No, but what I'm saying, I'll give you an example. People say, oh, Vince put stuff down our throat. Well, look at John Cena. He put it down our throat. He's one of the most popular superstars ever. There's a reason for what that, right? And I just mm-hmm. don't think guys like Mustafa Ali and Kevin Owens are ever going to be like that. Like the John Cena's of the Roman Reigns, right? Because they're just... I'm not trying to be rude, but there's regular-looking Joes. And that... They don't have that star look, and people don't gravitate towards that as far as the big level like the Cena or Roman Reigns. Right, but That's I mean, Roman Roman only got over because I think the pandemic was the main reason that he got over, man. I don't think he would have gotten over if Maybe. it wasn't a pandemic. I mean, yep. that pandemic allowed him to build the character that he has today, right? I mean, yeah. before that, if the crowds were around, that character wouldn't have been developed the way it is. You know, the way it's being presented because there was no one there to fucking boo him. 
and and try to hijack the shows right yeah it definitely didn't hurt him no it didn't hurt him it helped him a lot it helped develop the character that we see today um but yeah i'm not disagreeing with you at all but again it's a, it's a constantly evolving program the same guys can't be on top all the time. No, I agree. I agree. But I, so, I, I wouldn't, I would pick five other guys as probably. Maybe I'll be wrong and maybe he'll be amazing and rise to the top. He's got his chance now. So let's see what he does with it, right? Well, I mean, you got two guys who work really, really well. Like, I mean, I'm not individually as well. They're both great workers, mm. they're both technicians in the ring. So I think I'm excited to see the matches because they've never really worked together. So that's the thing. I, I like the freshness of, of this new feud for yeah. Seth, especially. Seth has kind of been going back and forth to this guy, to that guy, to this guy, to that guy, to that guy, to that guy, to this guy. You know what I mean? So it's nice to see him be able to work in a new direction. As far as Austin Theory goes, yeah, maybe he's the next big name, but maybe they're just trying a different approach with him where they don't overexpose him. Because, I mean, quite frankly, outside of him having the briefcase, what else does he have going on? That's it. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he's right? quite on their, their big plans. I don't think he's going to be that big guy for them. Everybody sees things differently, right? So maybe they don't see him as a top guy. Who knows? We'll see. But here's the thing, though, man. Chance, honestly, I don't think anyone saw Cena being the top guy. It just happened. No, I know, but you got to get your chance. You got to be out there to get it. He's not no, I get it. Pushing, but you right? know, he's so young, man. He's got the money in the bank, so nothing's really hurting him, right? If he didn't have that briefcase, then I could No, see I agree, him. but what I'm saying is I don't think Triple H sees him as highly valued as Vince does. That's what I'm saying. No. Just from what I've seen for the last few months. I know Triple H likes them. They work together, but I just don't think he sees them as high up as Vince does. Okay, well, let's see where he so goes we'll with see. it, man. I mean, yeah, I'll put it this way, man. I'll agree with you. If he loses the money bank, money in the bank briefcase, either by losing the actual briefcase or losing the title match. If yeah. that happens, then I'll agree with you. Because that guy's carrying gold in his thing, right? And it's very rare. Who is it? John Cena and Baron Corbin are the only two guys who have ever lost their money in the bank match. Yeah. That was right? what they do with me. You could be right. We're going to find out. So, I mean, keep that in mind. It's very rare that the guy loses the title. And unfortunately, because the way the title situation is set up, I mean, who... Well, I'm not saying he's going to lose it, but I don't know if he's ever going to cash in and become a champ in the near future. Well, he's got till Mania. That's how long the contract lasts, right? It, yeah. It's, it's good till WrestleMania. Or I guess until yeah. the next money in the bank. I'm not sure. But either way, it's good till April or May. Yeah, he's got some time. He's got lots of time, man. That was raw. That was basically raw for you, man. Uh, decent show. I thought it was okay. It was okay. Uh, again, good flow to it. I had fun with it. It was fun. Uh, Bret Hart talked about something recently, which I thought would be interesting to share. He talked about three guys that he would have loved to have tangled with if he ever had the opportunity. Um, did you see that article? Did you say Bret Hart? Bret Hart, yeah, I thought it was. I don't kind know. Of probably Kurt Angle has been talking about that for twenty years. Did you say you Kurt know what? Again? Absolutely, first guy he mentioned, Kurt Angle, would have been one of those primary guys. He always wanted to work with me, and I wish I could have worked with him. I thought those guys would have had amazing matches. He would have some good matches. Yeah, Bret had a pretty short career, actually. If you think about it, that was not long. Bret Hart. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like as a champ, and like he only really had three, four years there. Other stuff was all tag team. Yeah, but he's been wrestling. He's been in the Federation since, like, the mid-'80s, man. Like, he was there. No, I know, but I mean, like, I'm talking, like, when he became Intercontinental, broke off from gym and all that, started doing his own thing. It was only four or five years. In 98, he was already out. 
it's kind of right forced out, right? So well, I mean, like when he went to WCW. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. I get it. But if you think about his entire run in the WWF WWE, I, I it, it goes back to 1986, man. He was a part no, of the world. No, no, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But the guy's been around for so long in the federation. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying, like um the other guy that he talked about was Brock Lesnar, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, he says that working with Brock would have been really fun because uh, what he's heard about him is that he's a pro in the ring. I'm like Goldberg. I hate Goldberg, eh? Yeah, he, yeah, Brett's a very, very angry, very bitter guy. I get what Goldberg did. He actually he didn't mean to do it, but that's part of wrestling, dude. I mean, Owen Stone Cold didn't mean to drop Owen on his head, but he doesn't hate Stone Cold because they're friends, but he hates Goldberg. Well, I mean, the guy is, he's a very bitter, very angry guy, like, great wrestler but like you know it's a say he's been saying the same thing for 25 years now you know what i mean like he blames wcw they don't do a bret hart but yet wait a minute hulk hogan went to wcw and look what he did came one of the greatest heels ever so no, come on no, no. Stop blaming everybody no, no 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 what he's saying there okay what he's saying there when he came to wcw they mm -hmm. had no idea what to do with the character considering everything that just happened okay uh, yeah. With WWE at the WWF at the time with the screw job and everything, the biggest mistake, and this is where it got frustrating, is you're sitting. This is Eric Bischoff in WCW. You're sitting on a gold mine of a story. Your their top guy just got screwed by the company, and everything. Mm -hmm. It took you six months to bring him out. You could have brought him out that night, the Monday night. Right? How different would have everything? Yeah, but, how different would everything have been with the Monday Night Wars if they had done it that way? Like that's what the frustration is. It's like okay, because everyone else was running the shows, this and that. There was really no control in WCW at that point. You know, you legitimately had the workers, you know, booking and everything. So from that perspective, they dropped the ball. I mean that that's the point there yeah i'm not saying mistakes weren't made but he blames vince he blames eric he blames everybody blame everybody dude but all these other guys went to wcw and did fine kevin nash scott hall hulk hogan big stars you didn't make it there i'm not saying eric didn't screw up like you can't keep blaming everybody well for everything I mean, that went wrong in your life dude no for sure i agree with you but i mean at right? the same time i mean i i think it's founded but hey what can you do man i mean that's right he's a good worker like in stuff I guess he's, the best Canadian wrestler of all time, but I the mean, guy's top three ever, in my opinion. No, I don't think so. I don't think he's top five. No, no, I think he's top three in terms of technical wrestling. Absolutely. But I mean, when I think of wrestling, I think of everything else. Like everything. No, no, the I get it. Work, the ticket sold. He didn't have top for any of that stuff. Yeah. Good. Yes. If you want to say the in-ring work, yeah, he's one yeah, of the better ones. Absolutely. Top three in-ring workers. Wasn't that great on the mic. Didn't sell a lot of arenas. Look at you putting the hate on the hitman, man. I'm just, I gotta call it like it is. Like, he's Canadian, don't get me wrong, but like Hogan, Ross, Austin, Cena, all guys that did everything he did in way better. Fair enough. Well, I mean, right. they did everything else better, but I mean, in the ring, he was one of the best, in my opinion. All right, Chess, yeah. you got anything for me? A top five? Do you have anything you want to throw at me? I do. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. Let's hey, by the way, guys, I don't know what the top five is, so this is completely organic. All right, go. Let's hear your top five favorite storylines of the year so far. Top five storylines of the year so far. Uh, Dominic and company, you know, okay. father-son story. That's probably the best one going right now, the way they're building that up. Um, 
You know what storyline I really like? The, the, the thing between Jay Uso and uh, Sami Zayn. Yes, I love man. that storyline. I love the fact that if you watch closely, it's hilarious because when Zami's on the mic or backstage segments, these guys are trying so hard not to laugh. No, Sammy's awesome. He's hilarious. Right? I mean, you constantly see Jay just doing this. You know, as, as mean and as, as orny as he's supposed to be, he wants to laugh his face off. Okay, so that's two storylines, right? Yeah. Um, I would have to say the storyline right now between Brock and Lashley, if done right, it could be really fun. Um, I'm really into that storyline as well. Um, Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins storyline was really good as well. And I would have to say the Cody and Seth Rollins storyline was really good as well. That'd be my five. Cody should be back Royal Rumble or something like that, they say. He should be back by the Rumble. He should win the Rumble, and then he should go on to WrestleMania, but I don't know if he's going to be facing a champion. <laughs> I think he's going to take develop some reigns if he's healthy. We'll Again, see. we got to see what they're going to do with The Rock. Yeah, we'll see. You never know. Rock's already been talking in some of the... Because uh, he's promoting Black Adam right now, right? That's coming out yeah. this Friday. And uh, he's, he's been in a couple segments talking. You know, they've asked him, so who's the head of the table? He goes, well, you're looking at him. Nice. So, you know, they're already planting the seeds, right? Yeah. But, but the match It's still, Hollywood, so I, I don't blame him. Right. But he's still playing coy, saying, you know what? A lot of things have to happen, come into place. If they want this match to happen, I'm sure he can make it work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. And calling himself the head of the table already. Well, there you go. Yeah, that'll be fun. I hope it happens. Good to see you. Absolutely. All right, Chance Michaels, it's time to wrap this puppy up. I got to go do some things, and I'm sure you got some things to take care of as well. So on that note, I am Bobby Sampson. He is Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, subscribe, and share the podcast, we salute you. Absolutely, we salute you. And in the famous words of Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sam and Chance. Look at the bottom of your screen to see where you can find us at all social media platforms. Uh, remember, guys, like and subscribe. It means the world to us. Uh, thank you for all your support. Once again, Bobby Sampson, Chance Michaels, we are out. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>